it's time for this week's Uplift. Encouraging words from two ordinary guys that want you and others to find the freedom in Christ that's available to everyone. So sit back and enjoy Uplift, brought to you by the Fulcrum Center. Visit our website at thefulcrumcenter.org to learn more. Well, hello again, everyone. Thank you for joining us for Uplift. I'm Phil Bliss. I'm Chad McLeish. And we are remote tonight. How you doing, Chad? I'm doing pretty good, man. How you doing? Doing real good. Good. Um, the reason we're remote tonight is um, because of COVID. Uh, I was visiting with my family um, this past weekend, and my brother-in-law got a phone call and said that um guy that he had spent a couple days with in a business trip, it was eight of them all together. They had spent some, a whole week together in the Poconos. And um, one of them called and said, hey, I've got COVID. And so my brother-in-law, you know, he's like, oh, I've been around everybody all weekend. And, you know, we found this out Sunday night and had been there since Friday. And I actually left Saturday night. But um, my brother-in-law got tested and he's positive. And my, now my brother and my sister are both positive. And I have not had any symptoms at all. Uh, but I didn't want to take a chance. So I asked Chad if we could do a remote meeting tonight. No sense of me spreading this around to anybody if if I do if I'm carrying it and don't know. Uh, so here we are. Um, Chad's at his home. I'm at my home, and we are still recording Uplift. And I appreciate it. I appreciate it because I've already had COVID once. I don't yeah. want to get it again. Yeah, once yeah. is enough. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know, my brother had it once too back in. Uh, Oh, I think it was, you know, April, May of 2020 when it first really hit, he he had it and he's got it again. He's not very happy and he's vaccinated too, but he's not very happy that he got it again, but he's not real bad. He just can't taste and smell. So praise God for that. But anyway, um, speaking of COVID, Ian is still recovering. He's still, uh, he's doing much, much, much better, but still wanted to just take a night off because of his voice. Um, so I believe, and I know I've said this every week since, but I believe we're going to see him next week. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Mm -hmm. Looking forward to it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, uh, well, let's go ahead and begin. You know, Chad, I, I did, um, um, Bible time that re that came out today. Actually, we're recording this on Wednesday and it came out this morning and in it, I'm talking about kind of leading to how you know your calling and how you know when God's talking to you. So um, this there's something going on in, in the spiritual world. God is is really pouring out his spirit upon people right now. And it's been going on for a while, but it, it seems to be increasing. Um, would you agree with that? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, we talked about that, yeah, for the past couple of weeks in different ways. And uh yeah, definitely agree. And we're seeing it and we're going to see a lot more of it as, you know, time goes on. You know, people are definitely going to experience a lot more of the spiritual gifts and develop, our, you know, closer relationships with God and all that sort of thing. Yeah. It's and, great. you know, I, th I think we talked about this a little bit last week and or maybe it was the week before, but it can be a scary thing. You know, you, you start to things start to change in you. Either you start to hear things and like you hear that, hey, there's going to be a, a storm and there's a storm or you, you just know somebody's going to call and they call. And, or it could be things like 
you just have this knowledge or this wisdom that just seems to come out of the blue. And it could be things like, um, you know, you just pray for someone to be healed and they get healed. And you're like, well, thank you, God. You know, it's it, all different kinds of ways that it can manifest itself. And at times it can be very scary, but also very exciting. You know, we all want to serve God, right? Yeah, absolutely. So I thought we'd uh, maybe spend a little bit of time tonight talking about that and, and how to walk through that, because I know it's something that both you and I have both experienced in our lives. Yeah, and some of some of these gifts we talked about over the past couple of weeks are, are still relatively new to us. I mean, you know, you've been doing this a long time and you've been a pastor for a long time. But, you know, like you brought up even, you know, speaking in tongues and praying in tongues and that sort of thing is relatively new to you. And I think it is for a lot of people. So, you know, even though you've been doing this for a long time and even for Christians who, you know, have believed and, and been at this for a long time, they're going to experience new levels of spiritual gifts and, you know, that sort of thing. And, you know, just the the flow of the spirit is going to be a lot stronger, uh, both with, you know, new believers, new Christians, and with people who've been, you know, believers for a long time. Absolutely. And we need to be careful to, you know, first of all, not ignore it, embrace it. But at the same time, we need to be careful to know when it's the right time to to really use it. Uh, One thing that I did, if I can share a personal story, that something that happened with me is, Knowing that I had this prophetic gift, wanting so dearly to use it, I made mistakes. I got ahead of God. And it's easy to do. But at the same time, it was very much a learning experience. I really believed one time that when someone got sick, I believed God was saying that this person was going to get better. And I told this person's friend, I said, she's going to get better. And this girl ended up dying. And then I was like, what do I do now? You know, I got that wrong. And, you know, early on when I was younger and, you know, learning the Bible and I was reading the Bible and I'm hearing, I'm reading that, you know, if a prophet gets something wrong off with his head, you know, you just, you stone them to death because they're a false prophet. Well, that's the Old Testament. And Paul is clear in the New Testament that prophecy in the New Testament is not Old Testament. I think that's one of the reasons why Christians say there are no more prophets, because there are no more Old Testament prophets. But prophecy in the New Testament, you can make mistakes. It's coming from the Holy Spirit. And I'm not saying the Holy Spirit's making a mistake. We're making the mistakes, but you can make mistakes. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, and you know, our lives are a lot different now than they were, you know, 2,000, 2,500 years ago, you know, there's a lot more, there's a lot more influence in our lives. You know, you go back to the days of the original prophets, you talk about Elijah and uh, um, Isaiah and people like that. You know, they didn't have CNN, they didn't have magazines, they didn't have newspapers, you know, they didn't have all these things and the internet, YouTube, whatever. So they didn't have all these outside influences. So you know, things were relatively a lot more quiet and, and, you know, I don't want to say it was maybe easier to hear God, but I think God spoke to them in a lot more clear ways than what we're accustomed to now with, without, you know, with today's outside interference, let's call it coming in. I mean, you know, that's one thing you and I've talked about a lot is, you know, 
how to filter that stuff out. And sometimes you and sometimes you absolutely have to consciously filter that stuff out, turn it off. I know you've done that. And, you know, even if we're not even talking about the gift of prophecy, just the other gifts and things, we really have to practice filtering that stuff out sometimes, really discerning between what are good sources of information and what are not. And, you know, that's not always easy. And we're going to mess up. You know, we're not going to, you know, bat a thousand here um, with doing that stuff, you know, but we, we just have to do our best and discern and pray over the, the topics and information that comes into us. You, you know, something God gave me years ago, because I was very worried. I I would hold back doing anything and not just related to the gift of prophecy. I mean, I would hold back doing anything, just doing life sometimes because I was worried about failure. Okay. And it was crippling. And especially when it came to wanting to do something for the Lord, I would hold back because of what if I get it wrong? And the Lord spoke to me and said, just do it. If you get it wrong, I pick you up, you walk again. He gave me the example of my one of my children, how my oldest daughter, you know, I was trying to teach her to walk and I'd let go and she'd fall. And I'd pick her up and carry her along again. She doesn't, she didn't say, no, dad, don't do that. I'm not doing that anymore because I fell once. She got right back up and tried again. And, you know, we all learn that way. So when you go, when you step in faith, and I mean really step in faith and not just, hey, God, I want you to win the lottery, so I'm going to play the lottery. That's not faith. That's faith in the lottery. That's not faith in God. But I mean, if you're saying, if God's saying to you, hey, I want you to lead a Bible study and you fall on your face, okay, go to God. Why did I fall on my face? Pick me up. Let's try it again. You know, and that's what I, what I did a few times. And the very first Bible study I ever did, people said they got stuff out of it. But I'm thinking, how did you get anything out of that? Because that was terrible. <laughs> but God picked me up, showed me where I went wrong, and we moved along. So when you step in faith, even if you don't get it right, God's going to help you get it right. You know what I mean? He rewards our faith. Right. because. He knows that we are not, like you said, we're not going to bat a thousand every time. Right. Okay. He knows that when you step up to the plate, and I, I, I feel like God's leading me to, to speak to this person. I feel like God's leading me to start this ministry. I feel like God's leading me to, to say something. Then do it. Right. And you'll know because God is like that. He'll help you. It, you'll, it's different for everybody, but you might get a little check in your spirit. You say, yeah, it didn't feel right. Okay, so I take it to God. Was that you, God? You know, it's a process mm -hmm. that we go through. Right. And absolutely, and God will call us to do things typically that are not within our normal wheelhouse, not within our normal level of talents, not in our natural talents. Things that he, because the bottom line with this is he absolutely wants us to rely on him in faith and trust to trust him to do these things. So, you know, I, I was listening to um, a message from Andrew Walmack, the uh, pastor, um, you know, uh, and he was talking about, you know, he was a very introverted person and that sort of thing and how, you know, God met him in a very powerful and spiritual way uh, early on in his career. And basically, you know, he said, you know, God, like, 
you want me to be a, a pastor and, and speak in front of all these people. He said, I'm very introverted. You know, he's like, I, I, I can't do this. And God was just like, exactly. That's why you're going to do it <laughs> yes, because you're yes. going to rely on me and not yourself. And, and I was like, wow, that's pretty powerful. And it makes a lot of sense because, you know, God calls all kinds of people. And, and we knew this from the apostles and, you know, from uh, I made some notes like Jeremiah and Isaiah, you know, God showed up with them in a very powerful way and, you know, in a very personal experience with them as did Andrew Womack and, 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 you know, all these, you know, Paul, you know, Saul, he met Saul on the road, turned, you know, in, in, you know, basically converted him very quickly. Um, so this is, you know, in the old Testament and even in the new Testament, we see God has some very powerful encounters with people and he makes, um, I shouldn't say makes them do things, but, you know, he, he leads them to do things that are very outside their comfort zone, very new to them because they rely on him and they get, um, you know, in, in today's world, we get the gift of the spirit, you know, the, the mm-hmm. you know, <clears throat> the knowledge and wisdom and, and that sort of thing to, um, give us the information. And that's how God reveals this information is through him and his spirit to us. And it's not natural information that we have within us. He's giving us the information. Right, right, exactly. And and it's whatever type of gift it is, or maybe it's not even working in the gifts. It's just God speaking to you through your relationship with him. You know, it, you don't have to be prophetic to, to hear the Lord speak to you. And you're absolutely right. He's giving you the strength, the power, the words. Um, he's giving it all because he is the source. And, you know, I'm so glad you said that because I think what happens a lot of times is people feel like, well, I can't do this. I am not whatever. I am not loving enough. I am not wise enough. I am not knowledgeable enough. Okay. Then that's exactly who God's calling. Right. Because you don't have, he doesn't have to break as much pride that way. Right. You know, God's saying to you, I want you to start a Bible study. And you're like, I don't have any knowledge of the Bible. Great. He'll teach you. (laughs) You He'll lead you in it. And it'll be amazing. And you will praise him as a result. And you'll feel good about it. And that grows your relationship with him. You mentioned Jeremiah and Isaiah. Another one is that I really love to go to is Moses Mm -hmm. in Exodus chapter 5. There's no way Pharaoh will listen to me. I'm a man of faltering lips. He stuttered. Mm-hmm. You know, Moses stuttered all the time. Right. And God's like, okay, let's go. <laughs> I'll take care of this. Mm-hmm. And, he, you know, he did use Aaron to do the speaking for Moses, but the power came through Moses. to, You know, Moses didn't part the Red Sea. God parted the Red Sea. But Moses had to keep his hands up. Every uh-huh. time the, he let his hands down, the sea started to collapse a little bit. So he had, you know, they propped him up at night to keep the sea open. So it's, it's a very wonderful thing to fall into the hands of the loving God. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's tremendous. Mm -hmm. So pride can be part of this too. You know, it's a wonderful thing to know, Hey, God wants to use me. You know, I've heard people say, 
I want God to use me. What's God going to do for me? How, how's God going to use me? Yes, he wants to use you. He wants to use everybody. He wants, because it's, like I said, it grows your relationship with him. But you got to get out of the way. Mm-hmm. You got to get out of the way. And that is so difficult. I think it might have been you who who said something to me, or maybe it was somebody else, but, you know, we always go back and take the, the wheel again, and you know, we try to drive again. Because when we're driving down a car, driving down the road, if we're the driver, then we like to have our hands on the wheel. <laughs> right. We want to live, right? <laughs> but God isn't driving the car. It, you, want, you know, dealing with God is not like driving a car. You don't have to take over again. When we're dealing with God, we can't be the backseat driver. Right. We have to let him lead and guide and direct us. And, you know, you said Paul. I'm glad you mentioned him because, you know, with David, who became king, it took, I don't know, 40 years, I think. Samuel was called as a young boy. It took 30, 40 years for him to become a prophet. Or not to become one, but to grow into it. You know, David was anointed king and didn't become king for a long time. A lot of times it takes time to progress into what God's calling you. But there are people like Saul who became Paul and, you know, on the road to Damascus, boom, he gets struck down. And like I said to you last week, God pours the miracle grow on. <laughs> and next thing you know, Paul's out there, one of the greatest apostles of all time. Right. So it can happen. Absolutely. Yeah. And, in, and you know, and back to Jeremiah I, in my notes here. I have a note that, you know, God has a plan uh, for our life before we were born. And that comes from Jeremiah 1, uh, 5. And, you know, so God has a plan for us and what he wants us to do. And it's up to us to believe in it and follow it, you know, yeah. and we have that choice and he gives us the choice. And, you know, that that's why you can ask the question, you know, because people we have the practical question like, well, if, if God has a plan for all, all of us, each one of us, then why do some people obviously not follow it? Uh, you know, maybe, maybe, you know, people done some bad things and, you know, whatever. Um, it's our choice. God gives us free will. We know this. So the question is, you know, are we going to let go and you know, like you said, the steering wheel, are we going to let go with our life and let God, you know, give us our guidance? And so therefore that we can follow his plan for us rather than our own uh, plan that we feel is best. And, you know, along with that is if we follow his plan, um, eventually we'll be, you know, how do you want to say supernaturally fulfilled? Um, because, you know, we, you know, we can do things in our, uh, ourselves of our own ideas and our own thoughts and things like that. And we may experience happiness and joy and that sort of thing. But more often than not, if you want to reach that top level of fulfillment in your life, you want to follow God's plan. Absolutely. And, and that's different for each of us, you know, and, and that plan can change throughout the course of our lives. So you know, early on in your life, you may be called to do a certain thing. You know, maybe when you're young, you know, if you're if you're starting out young, you know, maybe when you're in school, maybe you're called just to, 
you know, be, you know, a friend to people who need you and, and that sort of thing. And then as you get older in life, maybe you're called to be, you know, in the workplace, you may be called to be a counselor, you know, maybe you're called to be a pastor, but, you know, it doesn't have to be in the church. And that's the other thing too. It absolutely does not have to be, you, you know, just because you're following God's plan doesn't mean you're going to be a pastor necessarily or involved in the church at all. You know, you may be, you know, a leader, uh, you know, you may be a coach of a, of a sport of, for, you know, school or, uh, even a youth, uh, sports program or something. You may be a music teacher or a music tutor or something like that, or you may be in the business world. You know, there's, there's a term called the seven mountains of influence and it's, you know, we, we won't go into all that, but you know, there's government, there's, um, uh, you know, politics, there's entertainment, there's business, and there's all these different parts of our world. And, you know, God has people doing things in all those different the seven mountains of influence um, or the different parts of our world, you know? So, you know, God has plans for people to plant people uh, in all those different areas of life and have those people follow his will and be his vessels to do his work wherever you are, whatever he calls you into being and doing. Right. You know, I was smiling because you said when you're younger, you know, maybe you hang out with people that need it. And when I was in third grade, I think maybe fourth grade, I went to a school, my elementary school had, um, you know, children that were in wheelchairs or they had braces when, you know, they used to put braces on kids' legs. They don't do that so much anymore. But those sort of kids would come to school and they would be various ages. And there was this one kid that was in a wheelchair and he was kind of mean. Um, I think he felt like life had been mean to him because he spent most of his life in a wheelchair. I don't know why, but nobody really liked him. But I went and I would go out and play with him on the uh, playground. He was mean to me at first, but I just kept going back and just like, you know, I want to be your friend. And we got to be really good friends until, you know, later that year, he moved away to a different school. But um that was like the first time. And then there was other times where, you know, people that were kind of shunned by everybody else, I was the one that would come in and be a part of that with them, you know, get, be their friend. And I know now why, because that led me into helping me to become a pastor where I can, you know, I accept everybody for who they are. Um, so yeah, I just, it was very reminiscing when you brought that up and it, it is so true because God was leading me back then to be something I had. I didn't even know what the word pastor meant <laughs> back right. then. You know what I mean? Right. Um, but and again, also uh, being a pastor, you don't have to be in a church to be a pastor. Right. There, right. there are pastors like I'm a pastor. I know God has called me to be a pastor. I don't have a church that I serve. I know I've been filling in for Ian while he was sick, but I did it for... 20 years, but now I am doing other things, but I'm still very much a pastor. Right. So you don't have to even start in a church, like you said. You can be a pastor in the workplace, in, in a, a, like I think you said, a, a softball or baseball team or whatever it was you said. Um, you can be a pastor anywhere. You can be a teacher anywhere. You can be an evangelist anywhere. 
Right. You know, you don't have to be an evangelist to fill stadiums like Billy Graham did. Right. I, I told a lady one time, I said, you have the gift of evangelism. God was telling, he was revealing it to me very strongly. She's like, well, I do like to help people, but there, I can't get a following like Billy Graham. I said, who said you had to? I said, right. start with your family. Start with your cousin who needs your help. How did you know about my cousin? I said, I don't know. God just told me. <laughs> so start with these people and talk to people you work with. You know, if you've got the gift, use it. I don't know if she ever did or not, but uh, hopefully she did. So, yeah, it, it's answering the call home. is an amazing thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you start at home. So, you know, how do you start this? Well, you just start each day. You just, you know, you, you know, you live for God each day and basically say, well, you know, what do you want me to do today? You know? Right. Right. And, and, and you basically just say, Hey, I'm, I'm going to go to work today. Do you need me to do anything at work? You know, what are you, what are you calling me to do today? And it just builds from there. And it, and it may take a lot of years, you know, or, and, and the other thing too is, you know, what you're calling and what you're doing, it, it, you know, it may be little things that you don't even recognize. So you could, you may reach people just by having a smile on your face, by opening the door for somebody, that sort of thing. Um, you don't know the positive effect you may have on somebody helping, you know, helping somebody carry groceries in or, you know, uh, somebody you meet in the grocery store. If you feel led to help pay for their groceries or something like that, that's all part of it, too. It, it, this doesn't have to be big, spectacular things. Little things can mean a lot. And, yeah. you know, that, I think that's important, too, is, you know, just because you're not out there, like you said, Billy Graham in front of, you know, stadiums full of people and that sort of thing. You know, you never know what you're who you're going to reach. I mean, think about it. You could be a school teacher and, you know, you may uh, share, you know, your beliefs with, you know, a child that may someday become the president or something. You know, right? you don't and you you, you may not even you know, live to see it or something, but it's, it's just, you don't know the, the effects of little things on people that could impact the rest of their life. And, you know, so you just basically live out your day each day, live in the day and just basically say, God, what do you want me to do here today? What's, what's my role today? And it may not be anything big or spectacular, or maybe it is, but you know, uh, just the importance there is our obedience. You know, and, and, and that's sometimes easier than others. But the, the, the thing is, is we just got to learn to listen and be obedient. And, you know, there's times when we are not obedient. Let's talk about that for a moment, because I know there's been times and I've used this example so much because it's still something that bothers me to this day. I was, I don't know, 15 years ago or so. I I found a $20 bill in a, in a coat. Okay. And I'm like, Hey, found money, you know, $20, 15 years ago was a lot worth a lot more than it is today. (laughs) But, um, anyway, I said, this is great. And I heard the Lord say, give it to your neighbor. I'm like, what? Lord, I just found this, this $20. And you want me to give it to the, to the neighbor? He said, put it in his mailbox. And I walked up to this mailbox and I looked at it. I said, I don't think that was God. And I walked back home and I heard it again. 
And then I didn't, it was getting dark, so I didn't walk back up there. And I spent the $20. And a couple of days later, I drove by his house and I went, I was supposed to put that in his mailbox. And I don't know, he could have used it for who knows what. I'm, I know the Lord knew. But what I'm saying is I was disobedient. And for a long time, I let the enemy use that against me. And we got to be very careful about that. Because the moment I took it back to God, I said, God, I am sorry. I knew I was forgiven immediately. You know, it's not like I took $20 from you, Chad, and you're not going to forgive me for the rest of your life. (laughs) Not that you would do that. But (laughs) as a human being, that's kind of the thing that we do. Sometimes we hold grudges. God's like, okay, next time, be obedient. You know, it's, it's that simple. Um, you don't have to let the enemy beat you up just because you fail or you were disobedient one time. Take it to God and return. John chapter 8 is a perfect example of this. There's a woman caught in adultery. The Pharisees bring her and say, who, sh- who should, uh, who, you know, they, we caught this woman in adultery. What does, what should we do? And, you know, they're trying to get Jesus because the law says you should stone the woman. Okay. okay. And they're trying to catch him. And he says, let him who is without sin be the first to cast a stone. Mm -hmm. And that was Jesus. Mm -hmm. He's the only one there that was without sin. And Mm -hmm. he didn't cast a stone Mm -hmm. because he forgave her of her sin. And he said to her, your sins are forgiven. Now go and don't sin anymore unless something worse happens to you. So. He didn't say, okay, now we got to talk about what you did and, you know, you're going to get three days probation or anything. He just said, you're forgiven. Go on. And that's what he does with us. We are forgiven the moment we return to him. Don't let it beat you up because it'll hold you back. Mm -hmm. Failure will hold you back and failure does not count against us. Disobedience will hold you back. It does not count against us because our sins are forgiven. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, you know, we mess up a lot. We're people. Yeah. <laughs> we're human. We mess yeah. up a lot. Yeah. We're, not, we're not God. So, it, right, like you say, you just got to ask for forgiveness. And, you know, the enemy, we've talked about this. The enemy, like you say, uses that guilt or the 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 knowledge that we have of our failures against us to hold us back from doing uh, from our future and our and and following God's plan tomorrow, and that's what we have to really be thinking about is you know you know God's got a plan for me today and He's got a plan for me tomorrow. You don't want that guilt from the sins that you've been forgiven for to hold you back from His plan tomorrow, today yeah. or tomorrow. Right, right. right. Yeah, you, you know. You can miss out on something. Now, if you miss out on it, is, does that mean it's over? It's done. You're never going to get that chance again. No, God will probably give you that chance again. Or if you've decided, you know, you've mentioned earlier, we have a free will. If you decide, hey, I'm just not going to do this, and you keep being disobedient, God will give that to someone else along with the blessings that come with it. Right. Oh, the Bible is very clear that with obedience, there are great blessings. And that hasn't changed since the time the Bible was written down until now. There are great blessings with obedience. And it's not as difficult as people think. Mm -hmm. And 
and start with the small things. Absolutely. And let it grow. Mm-hmm. I love what Ian always says. He's got this little card. It says, embrace your process. God knows what he's doing. Right. And from the moment I saw that, I, I keep, I continually think of that. Embrace your process. And, you know, as we walk this walk and we have these failures, we have these successes, we have the disobedience, we have the obedience. It all becomes part of what God already knew. As you said in Jeremiah 1.5, I knew you when you were in your mother's womb. He knew. He knows what you're going to do. He knows the mistakes you'll make. He knows the sins you'll commit. He knows. And he still chooses us from the Mm -hmm. time we're in our mother's womb. Right. So you don't let these things bother you because he already knew and he still chose you. Mm Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because he has a plan for you. Exactly. Each day. Each each day, yes. Mm Mm-hmm. Without fail, each day. Right. And I really love how you said, ask him. What a great way to start today. What do you have in store for me today, Lord? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's up to us, you know, each morning to to spend time in prayer, you know, kind of clear our minds, prepare ourselves for the day. And um, with that, you want to seek that. You want to basically say, you know, like we say, God, what is your plan for me today? You know, what? and, and it's not like he's going to immediately reveal it to you necessarily. Sometimes he does and he can, but usually, you know, you're walking down the street and you're like, you've you, like, you know, you feel like this is what I'm supposed to do in this situation. You know, maybe it's help somebody, maybe it's talk to somebody, whatever the situation is, um, you know, it, it work at school, whatever, you know, he will tell you and let you know what to do. And, it, you know, sometimes it's not always going to be, you know, like really blatantly obvious. You just have to listen to him throughout the day. And try to stay tuned into him. And that's not always an easy thing to do with the outside interference of the world. You know, there's a lot of stuff going on in the world and, you know, in our surroundings. And there's a lot of people that we're around and a lot of, you know, uh, you know, stuff on our phones and stuff on our tablets. And, you know, (laughs) just just, you know, if you're around a lot of people or whatever your environment is. But that's our that's our goal each day is to kind of say, Hey, we got to stay connected throughout the day here and and really not let it get away from us. And because, you know, he will speak to us. We just, it's, it's our role is to listen to him. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I want to, we're getting close on time here, but I want to leave with a final thought. um, Cause just for somebody out there who might be listening to this and, um, there are times when the enemy will tell us that this particular sin, whatever it may be, you're never going to get over it. You just have to learn to live with it. Right. And that's not true. Every single sin can be conquered. No matter how much of a stronghold it is in your life, God can tear it down. And, you know, our faith can tear it down with God's help. So don't believe that. Just because I've been doing this for 10 years and it's a struggle I deal with daily, you can't, you can get past it. You know, you can, no matter what it is. Just know that God will help you through it. If you do what we say, you know, start your day out with prayer, continue to look to him, let him guide you, 
listen to his voice, grow in relationship with him. And those things will, you don't even have to think about it. They will just slowly subside and go away. Now, if you really focus on it and take it to God, he'll help you overcome. But the closer you get to God, the more our sinful nature slips away because the enemy can't hold on to us. They can't get that grip on us any longer. And prayer. Prayer is, uh, God has been revealing so much to me about prayer. I thought I knew prayer. No, <laughs> he's been <laughs> revealing so much more. We might have to make that a, a future show sometime. Um, but the power of prayer is so incredible. And it's not just the words saying the power of prayer is incredible. There is power behind it. It displaces the enemy. It protects. It, he- it cures. It heals. It does so many things. Mm-hmm. And I absolutely do think you should do, a, a, you know, a, an uplift about it because, you know, there's a lot of questions that I have and probably a lot of other people have that how can I pray more effectively and all that sort of thing. And, you know, yeah, I've, I think that a lot of people, there's a lot of confusion about it. And, you know, a lot of people have a lot of misunderstandings about it. And how also, how can you take it up a notch? How can you take it to another level? And, you know, one thing, I you know. You were just saying, you know, talking about prayer and, and struggles that we have and sin and that sort of thing in our lives that, you know, that we let hold us back when we don't let it go and let God deal with it and, and forgive us of it. You know, I've been praying to God a lot about one particular thing, and I'll put it out there because I'm I'm a vulnerable person. You know, I've struggled with overeating and my weight all my life. And, you know, I've prayed a lot about it to God, like, you know, like, you know, God, I'm it's. I want to put this behind me. And the one thing that I've heard very recently is he said, you need to see yourself as I see you. And, you know, cause he said, I don't see you in that way, but it's my, it's my not releasing the sin and, and to continue to, to um, my anxiety and, and emotions and all that sort of thing that lead me into it. You know, God said, you know, hand those over to me and, you know, follow me and see yourself as I see you because I don't see you that way. You, you know what I'm saying? It's it's like my my eating situation is like a, a an after effect of me trying to deal with sin by not handing everything over to God. Empty in the backpack. We've talked about empty in the backpack. So. You know, it, it, and I think a lot of people deal with this sort of thing, and it's it's because it's difficult because, you know, there's a lot of things to be you know anxious about in daily life and that sort of thing, and we hold we we hold ourselves back, and you know definitely we got to let it go with God, let Him, you know, He will forgive us of our sins, and we can we need to start really trying to see ourselves the way that He sees us, and that will help us you know, uh, do his will, follow his word, um, you know, and, and live according to his plan that he provided to us. Absolutely. That was beautiful, Chad. That was really good. And with that, I think we probably should, uh, pull it up for tonight because we're, we're out of time, but, um, man, this was good. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thanks for having me. And the remote thing's kind of cool. We might have to, well, I, we're learning. Yes. And, you know, I'm sure we will get better with it. And I really enjoyed doing the remote. Uh, you know, I don't have to drive home tonight. 
I just yeah. walked up the steps. So. Right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I could see us doing more of this. This is really good. Yeah. So help, help, thank you for helping me work through the, the technical difficulties we had before we started and definitely be doing this again. Yeah, absolutely. We're learning, right? Yep. Yep. So for all of you, uh, thanks for watching or listening tonight. And uh, we hope you enjoyed the show. And you know how to get a hold of us. Um, Phil at thefulcrumcenter.org. You can contact Ian, Ian at thefulcrumcenter.org. You can contact Chad, cmcleish1 at gmail.com. Is that correct? Yep, that's it. cmcleish1 at gmail.com. Or you can reach us at prayer at fulcrumradio.org. Um, we will be back again next week, probably in the studio, but we'll see. Maybe we'll be remote again. Who knows? We're going to let the Lord lead us, and we're going to listen right. every step either of the way, way. Either way, we'll be here, right? That's right. We will be maybe here. Maybe Ian. And maybe Ian too. Yes. That's right. Yes. We will we'll find out. We'll see what the Lord has pl- has planned for all of us. So until then, good night and God bless. Good night. Mm-hmm.